Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to It's a Religion. Ehud, son of Dennis, come to you live from the divided states of America and to the republic for which they stand. Two nations under God, quite divided with liberty and justice for some. And uh, you can reach us at Ehud at itsareligion.org. That's Ehud at itsareligion.org. That's E-H-U-D. For those of you in Rio Linda, as my former mentor, Mr. Limbaugh, would say. Um, and we are here today to proclaim the truth of Jesus Christ, the truth of Scripture, the truth of um, the way we got here, the way that we are to conduct ourselves while we're here, the way uh, that um, we believe we are instructed to think and act and, and walk versus the world, versus those that, that fill in that blank, that blank of what, what I am going to worship with something else. Uh, the things like evolution, things like Mohammedism, things like everything else, right? So we believe there's only two ways to approach this life, either putting faith and trust in Jesus Christ, your creator and sustainer, or everything else. And that's it. That's what you got. So Let's, we start from the standpoint of scripture. We start from the standpoint of Genesis being true, being accurate, being historically and scientifically and truthfully just accurate. We were created, this world was created by God um, not that long ago. We believe it was probably around 6,000 plus years ago. Uh, we believe there's a lot of scientific evidence out there that can help support, support that and sustain it. We believe that... Uh, that Christ is coming again one day to reclaim his own, that there's a a time clock that's kick, ticking right now, and there's a point at which uh, that uh, event is going to be triggered, just like uh, Paul said, in the fullness of time, Christ came. So in the time that God had allotted, uh, at the perfect time, at the time when he chose, uh, Jesus came to this earth, um, fed his fish, right, or his men, and then they went and fed others. And now we have, you know, 2,000 some years later, a quote-unquote religion called Christianity that is based on what this man taught, what this man was about, and what he did for humanity. And it's a very beautiful thing if you come to truly understand it and you can disagree with some of the finer points, you know, the way in which things are written. Uh, sometimes I think it's just our lack of understanding. But uh, in reality, again, you have two choices. Either he did create everything and does sustain everything and is Lord of Lords and King of Kings, or he's not. And, you know, C.S. Lewis, uh, I think, was was pretty insightful when he said either, you know, he didn't give you a choice. You can either call him a lunatic or something else, um, or you need to call him Lord, period. It's, he didn't give you any other choices based on what he did and said and, and who he was. So, but the funny, you know, the funny thing is one side has eyewitness accounts, has things that were passed down, I'm sure, over history, uh, things of that nature. The other side has nothing. They have inference they have uh facts that they look at and then infer that the earth is millions of years old 
They have no proof, no written documented proof of any of this. Um, it's basically all a fantasy. And yet they stand there and call the other side uh, a fantasy, a story, um, not scientific. And, you know, science does not, you can't do science to project history. It doesn't work. You know, there's only so much you can really do. You know, when they talk about dating methods and things like that, proving that the earth is millions of years old, they're making tons of assumptions. You know, nobody knows what the content of carbon-14 was more than, you know, a few hundred years ago because nobody ever measured it. I don't, I don't, the, you know, that's next time somebody says, hey, we've proven that this thing is six bazillion years old using argon dating. And I just want to go, well, okay, wait a minute. How do you know the starting point? How do you know how much argon-14 was in that thing that you just said was millions of years old? Well, we don't. We're assuming, oh, you know what assuming does usually? It makes a you-know-what out of you-know-who, which I've done that many times in my life. And it usually doesn't work out very good. So we started uh, this year, January 1st, with reading Genesis 1, and we continued through Genesis. We got through Genesis. Um, then we moved into uh, Exodus recently, and then we talked about Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, uh, and how that laid out in, in and during the Exodus of the people of Israel out of Egypt. So we're looking at history, folks, right now, a written history, a written account where there were eyewitnesses to these things. Many, many, many eyewitnesses. Hmm. Who's following a fantasy? Um, Joshua, then, uh, is the story in which the Israelites come into the promised land and God is removing some of the people that were uh, worshipers of Satan, basically. Because, I mean, that's ultimately what you're doing. If you're worshiping some other God, some other means... Um, I believe it's satanic, period. You know, God, Satan is the enemy of God. He is the one that walks about lying and stealing and cheating and trying to circumvent the truth every chance he gets. We see him at work every day when Jen Psaki comes out and, and speaks to the American people at the uh, daily press conference in the White House. And uh, it's, it's an interesting thing. Anyway, we are in the book of Judges today. And so... Uh, Judges happens in a time period where the Israelites are living in and around the promised land. Um, we see a constant kind of ebb and flow and up and down. You know, they're following God and then they're not. Um, they uh, fall away from God and then God brings them a deliverer because they, they get into a situation where they're going, oh my, what did we do? God help us. And so he does, because he's a merciful God. And uh, what's interesting is this, this portion of Scripture is where the name Ehud for this host came from. And uh, um, there's a portion in chapter 3 of Judges. So I'm going to start in verse 7 and read this, and then we'll finish just kind of talking through the book of Judges and, and what occurs in there, and, and we'll finish that portion up today and then we'll hit on uh, so there's a lot in the news today it was 
good news day. Not a good news day, but you know what I mean. Verse 7, chapter 3, And the children of, the, of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and forgot the Lord their God, and served Balaam and the groves. Now, there was a lot of gods back then. Balaam was one of them uh, that people cho- chose, you know, to figment of their imagination, a made-up God. A, uh, there's different ways. I'm not going to talk about all the different things that they did, but there was, there was some really heinous stuff that they put their faith and trust in. And uh, it's just sad because you see it going on in our society today. You have faith in the, the Lord Jesus Christ and the, the truth of creation, the truth of, of who God is in the Bible. And then you have all these other things that Satan is offering up as, as alternates, right? If you don't want to, you don't want to subject yourself to God, Eve, Take the fruit. I mean, what's the big deal? He knows you're going to be like him. And so that's basically what it is. We're trying to choose to become our own God and choose our own way. And that's what Israel does when they do evil on the side of the Lord. Therefore, the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel, and he sold them into the hand of, say this ten times really fast, Cush and Rishath Aim, Cush and Rithen, king of Mesopotamia, and the children of Israel served Cush, Chush, and Rishathaim, eight years. And when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, and the Lord raised up the deliverer over the children of Israel, who delivered them, even Othniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother. So again, there's stuff that goes back and forth in this, you know, throughout this whole book. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he judged Israel, and he gets them out of that mess, right? Um... So then you get down to verse 12, and the children of Israel did evil again in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord strengthened Eglon, the king of Moab, against Israel because they had done evil in the sight of the Lord. And again, you see this constant back and forth battle. And again, I think you see that at work today in our society. Not not the same judgment that God had back then because Christ, after he came, things are different. Things are different for the Gentiles. Things are different for the people of Israel. Um, They're no longer the only chosen people. You know, they were because they God chose them as the vehicle to bring Christ into the world through. Um, and that's, I believe, why he called them a special uh, people. And, uh, you know, he loved their father Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And so, but you get down to this point and it's just, it's like a constant up and down and back and forth. And I think sometimes people are just like that. You know, you get drawn away by the world and the, um, the uh, enticements of Satan and temptations and things like that. And then you realize how stupid that was or how bad it was. And then you turn and go, Lord, help me. Get me out of this mess that I made for myself. And of course, God is merciful and he loves you <clears throat> and wants what's best for you. So... What does he do? So the children of Israel served Eglon, the king of Moab, 18 years. But when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord, and the Lord raised them up and delivered Ehud, the son of Girah. Now, he is not a cousin of mine. I just, at one time, being left-handed, God gave me this as, as kind of an encouragement when I began to put my trust and faith in him. And it's just stuck uh, ever since that that he was calling me to, to take the word of God and use it as a sword against the world, against the evils of this, this life. 
And I am not a perfect man. I am not a man that, that is without fault at, at all. I am, uh, as Paul said, I relate to him, biggest sinner ever, there ever was. Um, I'm better than I used to be, but I'm not as good as I'd like to be. Um, a Benjamite, a man left-handed, and by him the children of Israel sent a present under the Eglon, the king of Moab. But Ehud made him a dagger, which had two edges of a cubit length. Remember the God says the, the word of God is a two-edged sword um, in the New Testament, and of a cubit length, and he did gird it under his raiment upon his right thigh, and he brought the present to Eglon, king of Moab, and Eglon was a very fat man, and when he had made the end to offer the present and sent away the people that bear the present, but he himself turned again from the quarries that were by Gilgal and said, I have a secret errand unto thee, O king who said, Keep silence, and all that stood by him went out from him. And Ehud came in unto him and was sitting in a summer parlor, which he had uh, for himself alone. And Ehud said, I have a message from God unto thee. And he arose out of his seat. And Ehud put forth his left hand and took the dagger from his right thigh and thrust it into the belly. And the haft also went in after the blade. And the fat closed in upon the blade so that he could not draw the dagger out of his belly. And the dirt came out. Yeah, I, yeah. And Ehud went forth through the porch and shut the doors in the parlor upon him and locked them. And when he was gone out, the servants came. And when they saw that, behold, the doors of the parlor were locked. And they said, Surely he covers his feet in the summer chamber. And they tarried till, behold, he opened not the doors of the parlor before they took a key and opened them. And before, behold, their Lord was fallen down dead upon the earth. And Ehud escaped while they tarried and passed beyond the quarries <coughs> and escaped unto Sirath. And it came to pass when he was come that the uh, he blew a trumpet in the mountain of Ephraim. And the children of Israel went down with him uh, from the mountain and before them. And he said unto them, Follow after me, for the Lord has delivered your enemies, the Moabites, Moabites into your hand. Now the Moabites came from, uh, anybody remember? I believe it was Abraham's uh, nephew, wasn't it? And his two daughters. Interesting. And they went down after him and took the fords of Jordan toward Moab and suffered not a man to pass over. And they slew out of Moab 10,000 men, all men of valor, and there escaped not a man. So Moab was subdued that day under the hand of Israel, and the land had uh, rest four score years, so 80 years. After that, they rested. And then uh, in Judges 4, they're right back into the evil ways. So... That is where the name Ehud comes from, folks, if you would like to know. Um, so you go through the book of Judges, and you're going to get into things uh, down the line like Deborah and um, Deborah and Barak, and how, you know, it's interesting. There's a lot of gals that will point to that. Well, Deborah was a judge in Israel. Why should I not be able to lead this church? And because God said it's not a good idea for gals to lead. And even in this story, you know, she chastises Barak. And like, look, if you're not going to step up, yeah, I'll do it, but you're not going to get the glory out of this. And <clears throat> it's almost, I believe, an example of what not to do. You know, gals were not meant to lead. That's nothing against gals. God designed men and women differently. He designed them for different purposes. You know, he made Adam first because he's like, look, you need to take charge here. You need to do things. You need to uh, take care of this. And then he gave him a helper, someone to help him do that uh, in the form of Eve. And Paul talks about this. Jesus talks about it in some ways. ways. And uh, 
it's not, it should not take, you know, where's the offense coming from that somehow makes it seem like men and women are not equal, right? They're equal, but different. They have different tasks to perform. And I don't see that there's anything on this planet that's more important than being a mother and taking care of children, the next generation that's coming along. But yet the world, Satan, has tried to make that seem like it's a menial task, like it's beneath women. Like somehow women need to be men in order to be respected and admired. And it's a fallacy. You know, I would would think many women, if not most of them, that take on a career instead of children regret that at some point in their lives and wonder what it would have been like to have a have a child that loves you, that, that is dependent upon you um, for everything when they're little. You know, but then they grow up and they leave. And, you know, my wife has struggled with that some too, that, that here are these kids we invested so much time and effort into and here they're off living their own lives. I believe that's the way God intended it to be, that, you know, they're not supposed to be... Um, dependent upon us anymore so it's a good thing you know both of our older children are are on their own and doing things and living life and and uh they're not following in the footsteps that we would have liked them to i'm hopeful at some point they're going to wake up and see reality and see the truth but god you know i was in my late 30s when i came to the lord finally and realized that that uh my ways were not the way in which i should go but we continue through the book of Judges, and you got Deborah and Barak, and then you got some different things in here, and then you get out to Abimelech, and I'm not going to go through all these in detail. And then by uh, chapter 14, it's Samson. Most people know the story of Samson and Delilah, and what happens with him. Um, again, I'm not going to go through all the meat and potatoes on that. And you get towards the end here in uh, Judges chapter 21. And I'll finish with this because I'm, I'm going to run short on time here. Uh, and the children of Israel departed thence at that time, every man to his tribe and to his family. And they went out from thence and every man to his inheritance. In those days, there was no king in Israel and every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Now there was no earthly king. There was a heavenly king. God was the king over Israel. But they struggled with that. They, you know... And I don't know if, if it's a factor of because we can't see God because he's not in, standing in front of us because he's not a statue on uh, somewhere that we can worship, fall down and worship. Um, you know, is that why people struggle? I don't, you know, I, I would love to ask Jesus that question. Like, why? You know, you look through judges. Why do they keep having a hard time? Why do I have such a hard time sometimes with my faith? And... Um, you know, I, the only thing I could chalk it up to is that because he's given us a free will, that that it's not something that, that God gives you that, that, you know, I think once you have true faith, it can't be lost, that God helps sustain you in that. But within that, um, you have a certain level of freedom that, that, uh, um, that goes, you know, unchecked, if you will. So, uh, you know, this is a daily exercise. You know, Christ said, those that endure to the end shall be saved. Those that continue, right? So I don't know why he would say that if it was automatic, that, you know, the, those that are going to be saved are going to be saved. There's nothing we can do about it. So I don't know. I mean, that's just my two cents. But uh, let's look at some of the news today. Um, 
Trump on Durham probe. I hear there's a lot coming. Well, we've been hearing that, Don, for Mr. President, for a few years, it sounds like. I you know, I don't know what the guy's doing, but it doesn't maybe he's waiting till we get maybe he's using the Democrats trick that he's waiting till we get closer to an election and he's gonna bring a bunch of people down and it's gonna further enhance uh the other side's um ability to succeed in the the 2022 midterms um because i think i don't know how i don't know how people legitimately stand here and vote for a guy you know being from illinois that would stand here and vote for democrats who want to create vaccine databases and who want to lock people down and kill people's businesses and do all this stuff and, and somehow in the name of safety, when you look at the things that you can look, you can look at what's gone on in the world for the last two years, the places that have been successful, that have not locked down, that haven't killed their economy, places like Florida, and they're no different than Illinois. And J.B. Pritzker stands out there and says, oh, you know, we got to keep this up because we're still, you know, yada, 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 whatever. And I'm just like, you know, and now they want to try and vaccine five-year-olds, you know, stick the the arm of under five-year-olds with a vaccine that doesn't even work. And, you know, you see stories, I saw a story in, in Sky News this morning, it was saying that you're 93% less likely to die from the Omicron variant and this other variant now. Apparently there's another one out there. Um, if you're triple vaxxed, and I'm just like, okay, that's like standing there saying 80 million years ago this happened. You can't say that because you have no way to measure that. You don't know what would have happened if they weren't vaxxed. You may be able to compare with somebody else that wasn't vaxxed and say, oh, they died, so that person didn't. But guess what? If you if everybody was unvaxxed, only some people would die, especially if you gave them therapeutics. So don't buy into the media narrative, folks. They're lying through their stinking teeth and every other thing that they have. There was a cool thing I saw on Truckers for Freedom this morning. Um, it's this guy riding a buffalo, carrying a Canadian flag. It's hilarious. It's pretty neat. If you're not on Telegram, you should go get that. And there's a lot of cool stuff on there. You know, God bless the truckers. Lord God Almighty, please protect the truckers that are driving and riding for freedom right now. And just the grassroots, you know, that is true grassroots activism, folks. And it's not organized. You know, it's becoming more organized. But it's ground swelling, right? You know, the media wants to, wanted to portray all this Black Lives Matter, all these race racist, I believe they were racist, um, anti-white things. And again, you know, there is nobody I know, at least, that is racist. They're culturalists. There's no such thing as racism, by the way. We're all humans. There's only one race. There's a human race, period. Um, But, you know, we struggle with different cultures and trying to interact with them because people are different. Um, You know, and it's just silly. It's silliness. You know, just because someone's different, their ways are different. Now, I, you know, there are certain things that you can point to that produce fruit, right? You can say, okay, the United States has become the richest country in the world inside of 200 years. What did they do to do that? Free markets, ownership of property, not government control, not government doing everything for everybody, right? Not communism, but capitalism. 
And uh, yes, dude, some people fail in that process, certainly. But there's a lot of people that succeed and, and bring up that boat for everybody. So anyway, I don't want to get, get too far down that hole. But then you have people that activists are called, left-wing so-called activists, that are claiming conservative folks are disinforming people and misinforming people so that they can try and cancel them. And they're working to demonize conservative news sites. They're working to demonize conservative people. You know, there's a story in the Daily Caller that talks about these two gals that uh, got um, Dan Bongino's website canceled off of Google Ads. So they're trying to impact the ability for others to earn an income like liberal, good liberals can off of Google. And in reality, they're the ones providing all the disinformation. I mean, Fauci has lied constantly to the American people. Jen Psaki lies every day from the White House. And Joe Rogan called her out. And now she wants to try and cancel Joe Rogan. It was, I was seeing a Tucker Carlson thing on that this morning. And the liberals use things like redistricting. There's a story in Fox News. Redistricting can wipe out four Republican seats in one state. They use the levers of power to continue in power, not to serve the people. That's the biggest difference. And if people would simply just wake up, especially folks that have darker skin color than I do. You've been voting Democrat for how long? And has your life really gotten any better in 600 years? By following those people? or at least the last 60. I mean, it was Republicans that, that were against slavery. You know, who was Abraham Lincoln was a Republican, people. But somehow the, the Democrats have been able to, you know, pull the wool over their eyes. And, you know, that was one thing that scared the life, I think, out of, out of Democrats, is that Trump was really making some good inroads with different cultures, not different races, different cultures, different people groups. Um... So lastly, there's some stories in our local paper. Embrace equality. Church program focuses on fight for racial justice. And that just makes me want to puke. The church is not about fighting for racial justice, folks. Racial justice is an anathema. Racial justice causes cultural issues between cultures. And racial justice is not even a thing. It's not a reality. Again, there's one race, the human race. Christ is the center of justice. He came and died for us. Man's sinfulness is the thing that causes problems, not skin color. Now, different skin-colored folks live differently because they're from different places. They uh, have different cultural uh, things that... that um, make them unique, right, in the world. People from Australia where act differently than people from Canada. Um, people from Northern Europe act differently than people from Southern, well, from Middle Africa. Um, it just is. And, you know, it causes some strife sometimes because people like to be right or like to do things the same way. But the church is not about embracing equality. The church is not about... Uh, it's about Christ. It's about Jesus and what he did for all of us. We are equal in Christ. That's how we're equal, folks. There's no other measurement that you can do to say, you know, we are never going to have an equal outcome on this planet. It doesn't work. 
either you're going to have a situation where you have elites that have everything and you look at the last year, two years and all this stuff, the elites grew miraculously. The top 1%, right, are the only ones that were benefiting from all this. It wasn't the little people. So addressing shootings. Apparently with scores of lives being taken, Biden is stepping up with battle against illegal firearms. And again, you're never going to fix that problem either without Christ. Without people having something to put their faith and trust in. And a good economy, right? Because when people have poor economic conditions and poor economic outlook, that's when you have problems. That Why are all the inner cities the ones with the problems of shootings? Why is Chicago a... a like the old Wild West at this point. You're not going to fix the problem by taking guns away from legal people that own them legally. And you're not going to get rid of illegal guns. It's it's just like drugs. You're not going to get rid of it. People really want it. They're going to find it. So, and I think it's laughable. Pritzker's 45 point Four billion budget plan includes one billion in tax cuts. Yeah, I'm sure they're hidden in there somewhere. Schools seek volunteer teachers amid COVID staffing crunch. Yeah, because people don't want to take your stupid vax or supposed vax, the shot. And you know, Northern Ireland finally uh, puts a halt to border checks. WHO is expressing optimism. And why anybody listens to WHO or NIH or any of these government agencies that don't treat anybody? They don't treat anybody. <sighs> why are we not listening to the people that actually treat people, that actually do the work? You know, Ron Johnson had a great uh, thing a couple weeks ago on, uh, you can find it on um, Rumble about a COVID-19 second opinion and all these doctors that actually treat people and they're going against the narrative that Fauci and his buddies want out there that you got to get a shot to protect yourself from COVID, which is a joke. So we'll finish with uh, a couple other things. Trump, January 6th pardons possible and they should be. A lot of those guys, all they did was walk through the Capitol building. They did nothing. They were there to protest against what I still believe was a stolen election. You look at the some of the stuff coming out of Georgia today, these people stuffing ballots. I mean, it's a joke, people. We live in a we're moving toward a banana republic that is going to be a communist country if we don't watch out, if we don't change what's going on. And, you know, the truckers, God bless them, are a good part of that. But people, you know, need to get involved in politics. People with conviction, people that uh want what's right and true and want to truly serve the the people of this country and not a globalist, elitist agenda that is out there. Biden steps up battle against illegal firearms. Yeah, whatever, Joe. But our local paper is bought in. It's, it's, a, uh, it's a tragedy. Travesty, tragedy. But I better call it a show. I don't want to start complaining. Because, you know what? Even with all that, Christ is still on the throne. He knows all this stuff. He knows what's going on. So when there are crises like this, and we turn our faith toward him and put our trust in him, we can have peace. We can know that, you know, no matter what, the because of the news media, because of our government, they're never going to allow 
people to truly have freedom in Christ, to truly have equity in Christ, no matter what your economic outcome is. Because they're going to point to the inequity of the economic outcome, the inequity of people, uh, some people living in mansions and others living in the inner city, right? They're going to always pit those groups against each other because it gives them power. When they make the greater group, which is always going to be the people that have less, no matter what you do, whether you're living in a communist country or a capitalist country, there's always going to be poor with you. Jesus even said that. But in Jesus' economy, it's up to us individually at a local level to take care of that situation, which is the best way it's handled, not by a federal government, not by a state government even. So anyway, be blessed. Go, if you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ, go get a Bible, read the book of John, uh, learn about him and learn to trust him because he's true, he's right, he's good, he's merciful. And he's more powerful than any being on this planet. I can tell you that. So with that, y'all have a great day. And we will catch you on the flip side. For the small things like leaning her on a poor swing, the summer nights and fireflies and the sound of my old six string. Blessings on blessings on blessings on blessings if I still got breath.